All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank, 405-651-3439, or the old school way, 405-3299,000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Uh, Big stories this morning, at least, that I've seen so far. We had our first... Exhibition game last night. Raiders beat up on the Jaguars, though. Um, Jacksonville did not play anyone, nor did the Raiders, to be honest. And, boy, this Deshaun Watson stuff is... You you keep hearing more and more about what could happen here. And just real quick, before we get into our Big Ten preview, Josh, now, now you start hearing a little bit more buzz about maybe the NFL is going to get its full year suspension. Maybe the NFL is really pushing for that first, for that full year, maybe more so than we even thought. But Roger Goodell, he made the decision yesterday that he wasn't going to be the guy to to make the decision. He actually had, had pawned it off on someone else. So... We'll see how this plays out. Do you get a sense if it's going to be increased or do you think it's going to stay the same? I I think that it will get increased a little bit, yes. But I don't think it's going to wind up being like a season-long indefinite suspension. Do you? I've done a bit of a one. Listen, I've done so many 180s. I've done like five 360s. Math. It's not easy. But got to tell you something. I'm I don't know if the NFL is wanting me to believe this or or if you or if, or if I'm I'm really seeing something change but I think they're going to increase it and I think it's going to get fine. And I think it's going to be rather significant. And I think part of the impetus on it is going to be the other owners. And I think it's going to be a unique situation too because I think they're going to find a way to have this suspension hit him when he hurts, whenever he's actually getting paid like next year. Though $200 million, how much can a fine really hurt anyone, right? I mean, if $200 million guaranteed. Well, if it's all of next season, it yeah. would be in, you know, I mean, look, yeah, it's $200 million and what's he guaranteed, 50-some next year or whatever? Yeah. Which, I mean, that's substantial, though. You're still getting $150 million if you play the whole contract, but – $50 million, $50 million. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to get wind up getting suspended for all of next season, but a good portion maybe of next year if they do in fact turn around and basically retroactively punish him next season, which everything for Cleveland, if that's how this winds up playing out and for Deshaun Watson, I mean, you're talking about a three-year set of circumstances here before there's really, at least on the football side, any resolution here for him. Yeah. Boy, Browns fans were busy high-fiving and spiking the football and tearing down the goalposts on Tuesday, and it might end up being a complete, complete different situation. Oh, you know my other favorite storyline now that I see see Aaron Rodgers talking? I do think my other favorite storyline is Aaron Rodgers suddenly loving his wide receivers – and he – have you ever – do you watch Vice TV very much? Have you ever watched it before? It usually just shows 
uh, a lot of old episodes of Always Sunny, and they'll have some. They'll have some. Um, oh gosh, what else? They'll just have some random shows, like the old HBO News show that was on all the time. Ever watch this? No, I'm not a big Vice TV viewer. Okay, uh, technically I am not, but. Aaron Rodgers, I bring that up because Aaron Rodgers admitted on a podcast his use of psychedelic drugs. I saw this. Did you see this? Yeah, the ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. And I bring up the TV show on Vice because, Josh, they have a show. I'm not kidding. They have a show where a guy basically takes every single drug you can imagine and you sit there and you watch him. And he took the ayahuasca and he's like... that's the wildest thing I've ever had happen to me in my life. So, and it's like you got to, I mean, we don't have to get into the use of ayahuasca and, and, and how it's microdosed or I'm sure there's a, a, a massive ayahuasca user that's laughing at us right now. But I would highly suggest that you watch that episode of, gosh, what, okay, I've got to find the name of this show right now. But I, I do kind of like now that it's an around the table discussion on the get up. I don't know if this is the re-air version or what. Does psychedelics actually provide success for NFL quarterbacks? We'll start with you, um, Damian Woody. You know, ayahuasca, the tourism is like a massive, massive industry that is funded by primarily Americans. Oh. Hamilton's pharmacopia is what it, or pharmacopia, pharmacopia is what it's called. And, and basically... He travels the world and just does every single drug that's imaginable. Don't know how the dude's still alive, but, yeah, you were talking about the ayahuasca. Uh, who did, did Howard do it on the Howard Stern show or did Robin? I, I, Robin had Robin, done it. yeah, okay. That was my introduction to it. So there you go. Kids, uh, stay away from, from those drugs. Mom and Dad, sorry if you have to have a conversation today because we brought up what Aaron Rodgers talked about on a podcast I'd never even heard of before in the Aubrey Marcus podcast. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers goes from not talking at all to being on Pat McAfee's show to basically then doing every single podcast that's out there. It's incredible. Did we hit all the big stories or is there anything else you want to have? Uh, By the way, are you on ayahuasca right now after inhaling fumes for the better part of the first hour and nine minutes of this show? Yeah, I'm... Basically, I'm halfway home on my religious experience this morning where I'm solving the yeses and nos and the futures and <laughs> don'ts of my life here on the Plank Show. All right, let's get a couple of, of teams that we won't spend a lot of time on. Every Friday, we hit the over-under totals for the, big, uh, for the major conferences, right? And we spend a good 30 minutes kind of going through them, trying to give you a little nugget on each team next uh, we're going to skip next Friday since I'm gone, though. You're more than welcome to do it, Josh, at least for me. Uh, if you guys want to do the SEC or Big 12 next week. Nah, we'll weekend. wait for you to get okay. back. Uh, because the Big 12 and the SEC, obviously, the two conferences that at least in, in our region and for our listening audience, we probably spend the most time on. But let's let's hit a couple of schools here real quick. We went through all the ACC. We'll give you a nugget on each squad. But let's start with Illinois, who last check. Brett Bielema's crew has an over-under win total of four and a half right now. Uh, for all intents and purposes, Illinois' first year under Brett Bielema was a success. 
uh, they're, you know, they probably are going to regress a bit this year based on their roster. They brought in Barry Looney Jr. as their offensive coordinator. Um, he was on Bielema's staff at Arkansas. Looney's got some experience here in Oklahoma. He was on Tulsa's staff. He was the coordinator at UTSA. They had a, a, a great season last year offensively. But there's a couple of nuggets on Illinois. As much as my childhood idols are better, I don't know, Josh, over under four and a half, I'm a little bit concerned about it. Which way are you going? So they've got a 1,000-yard rusher in Chase Brown who is back. That's a good starting point for them. Really, everything for them is going to hinge on Tommy DeVito, who transfers in from Syracuse. Is he going to be any kind of good? I think he could be okay, and they still go under here. I just, man, Wyoming, Chattanooga, okay, I see them winning those games. Northwestern, Indiana, I, I could see them winning that, but that's it. I don't see another win on the schedule for Illinois, so I'm going under four and a half. You're going under, I'm going over because, like I said, I grew up an Illinois fan, so I'm always, I'm always on the right side of things with a fight in the line. All right, uh, Indiana, over under win total of four right now. And, gosh, how far removed are we from Indiana being everyone Cinderella, right? Michael Penix Jr. diving for the pylon, getting that touchdown that probably shouldn't have been a touchdown to beat Penn State, and the next thing you know, their coaches' locker room speeches, Tom Allen's lean sports center. Um, but then they bounced back and lost 10 games last year. Michael Penix Jr. got hurt. Now he's at, he's where? At Washington? Um, so now they actually go. You, you talk about connecting the dots of transfers, and one thing that has been interesting, Josh, in, in this process is finding out where guys are. Like Michael Penix Jr. is now at Washington. The starting quarterback for Indiana looks to be Missouri transfer Connor Baselick, Yep. who is is a fourth-year sophomore. Think about that. Fourth-year sophomore. So I don't know what to make. Tom Allen is a media darling. If he sneezes, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it's the greatest sneeze I've ever seen in my life. Tom Allen, you're so funny. But they've got a bit of a challenging schedule this year. They're playing Cincinnati again this season. Um, if I understand, they got to go to Nebraska. They got to go to Michigan. What do you make of Indiana right now? Over under at last chance for uh, check for me was four. Yeah, I think kind of similar to Illinois and another team we'll talk about here in a little bit, Northwestern. I think Indiana is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten going into this season. So I feel pretty safe taking the under four on Indiana. All right, I'm going to skip past Iowa. I, I'm going under as well, too. I'm going to skip past Iowa because I want to go a little bit more in depth. I find them intriguing. Uh, Maryland over under six right now for the Terps. Um, gosh, I just – I feel like Tua's brother is in year 86 of his college eligibility. And Tulai Tungabailoa had his best season from a TD to interception ratio. Uh, Dante Damas Jr., is back after his knee injury. So it's the fourth season for Mike Loxley. But, boy, that's a fairly big number for a team that, let's face it, has struggled at times over the last few years. Over, under of six. What do you got, Josh, on Maryland? I, I think they're probably pushing this number. If I had to bet it, I would say over just because I do think they're one of the better offensive teams in the Big Ten. Listen to this stretch, though. They play Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State in consecutive weeks at uh, 
that's at one point next season, which they're probably losing all three of those. I'm going to go under. You're going over. I'm going under. And I think an under six might not be good for Loxley and his future at, at Maryland. But I do think that if it doesn't work out and if he gets fired, I think he's going to end up back at Alabama and all's going to be fine. Uh, let's see here. You want a break? Yeah, let's take a, a T.O. and we'll roll through the rest. Okay. So we've hit three of the 86 teams in the Big Ten. When we come back, let's spend some time on some of the big dogs, a little Iowa, a little Michigan, a little Ohio State. Plus, could this be the year where things turn around for Northwestern? Probably not. We're going over under previewing the Big Ten next. How's the studio coming together, Josh Helmer? It's good. Drake is working hard as we speak, getting uh, these stands set up, I believe, for the televisions. Ah. One on each side. Is that what you're signaling to me, Drake? Okay, that's cool. That'll spread things out a little bit. Yeah, you won't know where to look. Is that what you wanted? Are you concerned about tiny tables, or are we going to be okay? We're going to be good. I I didn't realize this, but they have a little deal set up kind of in the middle there to where those computer monitors that in oh. the past have been on the tables, they're going to be mounted up in front. So, Ooh. dude, it's... Okay. It's a pretty big-time setup well, that we're getting put together in here. Are you saying I need to hire Drake to bring him to my studio and do my studio as well? He's doing a pretty good job, man. I guess I need to come by and see it, right? Yeah, you, you absolutely need to uh, here a week from Tuesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, so we're rolling through our Big Ten preview. We hit Illinois, Indiana, Maryland. Let's uh, I, let's kind of go through some of the other and then teams in the Big Twelve, or excuse me, the Big Ten, real quick. Josh Rutgers. Um, I, I I've been all over the board on Rutgers, and I don't. I'm not going to try to be too in depth in my Rutgers knowledge here, but I just I don't think this is going to be a year when we get too terribly much from the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. But then again. They weren't terrible last season. The over-under for Rutgers is currently at four, which means in this almighty Big Ten, we now have three teams who have an over-under win total of around four and a half or four right now. So which way are you going on on Rutgers? I'm going under, and the main reason is they don't play any of the other bad teams outside of Indiana in the Big Ten. I mean, their schedule's it's tough, man. Right. So, I mean, I know they got Wagner and Temple in the non-conference and, you know, Boston College. We'll see about that one. But beyond that, there's just – I don't know where they're going to pick up wins in the league. They are – they've picked up a couple of nice recruits, though. So, maybe we're a, a year away. But Greg Schiano so far, so meh. No team in college football – has been more hard to figure out than Northwestern. They went 3-9 and nine in 2019 and 2021. But in 2017, 18, and 20, they had a combined record of 26-10. and 10. Josh, their over-under for Northwestern is at 3.5 in, in this vaunted football power of a conference. 3.5 for Northwestern. What do you say? I'm going under, man. Whoa! I know. I know the roller coaster ride of Northwestern is peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, and they just had a valley last season. I just think this is kind of the year where 
they're still so bad, man. The quarterback play stinks for Northwestern. I, I just I don't see them winning four games. If they beat Nebraska, will they leave Scott Frost in Ireland? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Because Northwestern, again, like I'm saying, it's pretty well perceived in Big Ten circles that this is one of the worst teams in the league. Purdue. By the way, I'm going over. I just, for some reason, I have a feeling they'll back into four wins. And um, let's see. So now you've got Indiana, Illinois, Rutgers, and Northwestern. A third of your conference is projected to win four or fewer games. Let's go. Uh, Purdue's number, though, is quite high. Aiden O'Connell is back. And they're coming off their Music City Bowl win over at Tennessee. They had a couple of nice wins last year over Iowa and Michigan State. What do you think? Their number is pretty high. It's at seven for the Boilermakers, which, by the way, doesn't necessarily play an easy schedule either this year. No. Yeah, they've got a challenging Big Ten slate for sure. I'm going over the seven here with Purdue just because of Aiden O'Connell. I'm not crazy about defensively what they're going to look like. And actually, there's some wide receiver concerns. You know, they added Charlie Jones, a transfer in, and Tyrone Tracy, a couple of transfers in from Iowa, which we'll see how those assimilate for the Boilermakers. But just strictly off the fact that I think they have the second-best quarterback on paper in the Big Ten behind C.J. Stroud, I'm saying Purdue over seven. I'm going to listen to you on this one, Josh. I'm going to listen to you on this one. Uh, There are some concerns. As you mentioned, his top three receivers have moved on. Brock Thompson and Payne Durham are back at the tight end position. Charlie Jones transfers in from Iowa to give him a possession receiver. But, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with you and Jeff Brom. The play, by the way, according to Vegas, is the over. At seven and a half. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Is the under at seven and a half. But we're bucking, B, bucking that trend. We're saying we're going with the over seven and a half, correct? That's right. Over, baby. All right. Uh, as we, one, two, three, four, five. All right. As we continue our breakdown of the seven teams that probably we couldn't care less about in the Big Ten, Minnesota. Minnesota rowing the boat. Seven and a half is the number win total for Minnesota right now, which again seems pretty high. But remember, you know, they were, dude, they were a problem last year for Ohio State. And then they had that massive injury that took place. Uh, Tanner Morgan enters his 86th year of eligibility. Uh, and Mohammed Ibrahim, he was a guy who I think he had over 100 yards rushing in the first half against Ohio State last year before he got hurt. They went 11-2 and and 19. Haven't really been that same team since, Josh. What do you think about rowing the boat at 7.5? and 9-4 and four a season ago for Minnesota. There's a lot of people that look at the Golden Gophers and say, Big Ten West contender might, might win the division. I'm not really in that thought process with Minnesota I've got them a little bit further down the pecking order in the Big Ten West uh, as evidenced by you know obviously having Purdue hitting that over so I'm going under the seven and a half with Minnesota here same absolute same 
Give me under seven and a half. All right. So those are the seven that we probably couldn't care less about. Let's hit seven contenders. We start with – can I say Michigan State was a surprise team last year, Josh? Do you think that's fitting for the Spartans? For them to be that good, yes, was a surprise. I mean, they, they basically were what people thought James Franklin's Penn State might be. Oh, that's a great comparison. Kenneth Walker the third is in the NFL, but they brought in running back – Jalen Berger, who is at Wisconsin, Colorado's Jarek Broussard. The, um, gosh, that number I saw on Broussard was wild. He forced 69 missed tackles last year and averaged almost four yards after contact. So, you know, this is a guy, and I think you even go back to the game they had last year against Texas, and uh, he ran over a couple of guys in that game. But is there going to be a natural regression for Michigan State this year who's looking at an over-under win total at 7.5? Or does that lower over-under win total maybe open itself up for this team to crush it? You know, I'm surprised to see this number where it's at. I'm going over here with Michigan State. Similar thought process to what we talked about with Purdue. I think with Peyton Thorne, you feel good about the quarterback play for the Spartans. If they get that win on the road early versus Washington, then I just don't see how they're losing to everybody in the East. I mean, look, you're going to pencil in a loss to Ohio State for everybody. Even though it's at home. For everybody in the Big Ten, you're penciling in that loss to Ohio State, right? I mean, if if they're in the Big Ten East, Ohio State's beating them. You feel that way. But are you telling me they're not getting either Penn State or Michigan? I mean, probably they're they're splitting those games. And then beyond that, I mean, I just don't know that – you're finding a way for five losses to magically appear on Michigan State's schedule. At Penn State, at Michigan, and then you mention at Washington. They get Ohio State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin all at home. I'm with you, Josh. I'm taking the over seven and a half on Michigan State. And what a nice little early season matchup with them going to Washington. I dig it. All right. Penn State, the Nittany Lions, eight and a half. Pretty big number. And speaking of some early season interesting games, Josh, two of their first three games are on the road. They open up the season in Big Ten play on a Thursday night at Purdue. And then on CBS in week three, they travel to play Auburn. They've got to go to Michigan this year. They get Ohio State at home. They get Michigan State, as we just mentioned, at home. Pretty big number, but what do you make of 8.5 for Penn State? Clifford's back. That's obviously important for Penn State. Auburn, we think, is still going to stink, but we'll see. It is uh, obviously a road trip early in a big non-conference game there. I'm going under 8.5. I think probably 8-4 is right where Penn State finishes. I just... If I'm based on the way last season played out and even going into this year, I've got them fourth in my preseason Big Ten East. I think that Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, I like all three of those teams better than Penn State. And based on that, I'm going under. All right, one more, then we'll break and we'll hit the big four in the conference. Wisconsin over under of nine. Nine. Um, Boy, Graham Mertz just never really ever materialized into this incredible quarterback that everyone had told us he was going to be. So, I mean, 
You've got a new offensive coordinator. They kind of had the little flirtation this offseason with Caleb Williams. I want to like Wisconsin. I love what they're all about. But I just, I don't know, Josh, I feel going into the season, we've seen this Graham Mertz act before. We kind of, all right, listen, someone's going to lose their mind and tell us how awesome he is, and he's going to be one of the first guys to really get going in NIL. I mean, is it just a matter of him staying healthy, or is he just not – is he like a Sean Clifford? You know what he is at the college level because that is a massive number at nine right now for Wisconsin. Yeah, it it could be. I mean, it could just be that we thought – Graham Mertz was going to be this amazing quarterback based on the way his first couple of starts played out, and then it just never got back to that point. It never, ever eclipsed it. They've got the – arguably, if you're going this side of a Blake Corum or a Travion Henderson at Ohio State, they got the best running back in the Big Ten, obviously, in Braylon Allen, which – Shouldn't be a surprise, right? That's very Wisconsin-ish. Defense, one of the best in the Big Ten again. If this number was eight and a half, I'd feel really, really good about the over. The fact that it's at nine kind of has me leaning the opposite way and saying I'm going to go under here. Huh. I'm with you. I, I went under on Penn State. I'll go under on Wisconsin. But the thing that I dig about the Big Ten teams there's not these marquee Alabama versus or Ohio State. There's Ohio State versus Notre Dame, obviously. But in some of the maybe lesser covered games, I mean, listen, Penn State, Auburn, that's pretty cool. Michigan State, Washington, that's cool. Wisconsin's playing Washington State in week number two. And Wazoo has a guy that, that many think has an opportunity to, to, to be an NFL quarterback. And, I mean, I dig what they've done schedule-wise. So, anyway, I, that's, a, that's a long way to go to say that I'm taking the, uh, the under as well with you. But I like what they've done with their schedule. Big date, obviously, as it is for every single team. Their fourth week, September 14th, when they travel to Columbus to take on Ohio State. All right, we've got four teams, arguably the big four in the Big Ten this year. We'll dive into Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska for selfish purposes because of OU, right? And then Iowa for selfish purposes because of Josh. That's the big four in the Big Ten in my mind. We'll get into it next to wrap up our Big Ten preview here on The Ref. All right, let's hustle through this. Dan Soder coming up at 11 a.m. Newcastle Casino, top five stories of the day. The theme of the Big Ten has been under, 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 under. But Josh, as you say, you cover this quite extensively. So let's go with the team that you cover quite a bit. The Iowa Hawkeyes, for those that aren't aware, Josh's side gig, if you will, is as the site editor. Is that right? Yeah, I'm the managing editor of Hawkeyes Wire. Because he grew up a Hawkeyes fan, has a poster (laughs) of Chuck Long in his his bedroom, big Bob Stoops and Mike Stoops guy. But the over-under is at seven and a half. Now, I'm not going to lie, Josh. Much like CBS Sports and its projection, I thought – way too low. But remember last year, first six games, I don't have to tell you, plus 15 on the turnover ratio. They were undefeated against a couple top 10 teams, but the turnovers eventually slowed down and things fell apart. Spencer Petrus? Petrus? Petrus. Petrus, back at quarterback, I think. What do you think? 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's probably going to be Petrus, though, really dating back to the spring. They've had a full-fledged supposed quarterback competition that includes Alex Padilla and Joe Labus as well. So we're, we're going to see. It's probably going to be Petrus. Defensively, they expect to be really, really good again. They've got essentially a couple of preseason first-team All-Americans defensively in linebacker Jack Campbell, who led the nation in tackles with 143 last season, and Riley Moss, who – had uh, four interceptions, two of which he returned for touchdowns. So they're going to be really good defensively. It's all about can this offense that was just atrocious last season, can it get any kind of better for the Iowa Hawkeyes? We'll see. Uh, Obviously, they've got Michigan and Ohio State on the schedule. They get Michigan at home. They go to Ohio State where they haven't won since 1991, Plank. So that's – Pretty much you go ahead and chalk that one up as a loss. I'm going over. I think that they beat Iowa State in the non-conference here, and I think that they're good enough to contend for the Big Ten West. I'm probably still, even though I went under on Wisconsin, leaning Wisconsin as your eventual Big Ten West division champion, but I do think Iowa does enough to get to the over number here. I think they get at least 8-4. and four. Do you know what's kind of wild is I was talking about just in, in thinking about the – the record that all, all of these projections, right, all of these unders, and it kind of makes you think, well, gosh, you guys are going under quite a bit. And I was watching old games on Wednesday night, and I don't know, ESPNU, they showed the 2000 Orange Bowl, which was – Tom Brady versus uh, Alabama. It was really cool. It's like, whoa, this is this is great. And so I started. I watched that. But prior to that, they had. Uh, I, I want to say it was the nineteen ninety eight Purdue Michigan game, right? And let me see. Is that right? It was Drew Brees and Purdue and they beat Michigan and I was I was kind of laughing whenever I watched it because they won they won the Big Ten and their record was like seven and five like what and in conference in conference so you know it's it could happen it might happen uh, that you don't have necessarily a team that that goes into the season and is you know eight no and and wins the Big Ten and it's just it's hard. So with that in mind, we have a lot of unders that we've been taking so far. Josh, all of that to say, I'm going over as well. I'm not calling you a homer. I'm saying over. Now, in all reality, yeah, I finally found it. Yeah, they were they were six and two. They were eight and four as a team that season to hit the over win total. I mean, it's just they beat Michigan 32-31. I mean, it's just it's it's wild. You lose a couple of games and still win your conference. All right. Um before we get to Ohio State and Michigan, Nebraska. Where do you stand on Nebraska? Their over under win total this season is at seven and a half. They are starting the season overseas in their game against Northwestern. They're playing in Ireland. Of course, this was supposed to happen a couple of years ago. 
COVID shut it down, but they're back, baby. They've got the game against Oklahoma. For them, that's their week four. They should be 3-0 heading into that game. Games at Purdue, a game at Michigan, a game at Iowa, but they avoid Ohio State on their schedule this season. Josh, an over-under number of 7.5 for Nebraska. What do you think? I'm going under, though I'm intrigued. I mean, I think it's think it's going to be right right at this type of number. They just got so many swing type games playing. Minnesota, they're they're not beating Oklahoma in the non-conference. Okay, so that's a built-in loss in the non-conference portion. But Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue. I mean, all of those Big Ten West games. I mean, do you feel comfortable picking them to win? No, I, I don't, don't either. I don't. So, for that reason, I'm going under, though. I think they'll probably finish 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. I do think they're bowling, but I'm not ready to say that. You know, uh, there's some folks out there that think Nebraska is legitimately going to win the Big Ten West. Are those folks Jessica Cootie? <laughs> they might be. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what. It is – it's make or break, and – you know, you look at an over-under win total at seven and a half. If they don't win more than seven games, Scott Frost is done. He's done. Seven wins? No. So I'm going to go over just because I think they beat Northwestern. I think they beat North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Indiana, Illinois, Minnesota. Maybe they get one or two of those swing games. But I'll tell you one thing I'm not all in on. I'm not all in on Mark Whipple as their offensive coordinator. I have done a 180 on him. So, two teams left. The two biggest dogs. We'll start with Michigan. Nine and a half, over-under win total. You might say that seems a little low, but Josh, last year was the first year that we really saw anything from Michigan, right? They had constantly been run over by the Ohio States of the world. They hadn't really been a factor in the Big Ten race. Last year, you get Aiden Hutchinson, you get, uh, oh gosh, why am I blanking on the other defensive end? David Ajabu, the other defensive end. But they've got a quarterback situation where they have a young gun coming in. They feel really good about him. I tend to lean on the under, though, at nine and a half. What do you think? You followed it very closely. Is it J.J. McCarthy's year? Can he lead them? They're without Mike McDonald, who went back to the NFL to be the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, they're without their offensive coordinator who went to Miami. What do you think? Nine and a half. I'm going over. What about you? I'm sorry. I'm going under. under, under. I'm, I'm going under, too, and you're probably like, well, how many unders can you have in one conference? I, I just think there's a lot of everybody kind of beating each other up in this league. I think Michigan's finishing nine and three, so they're just under, but uh, I'm just not crazy enough about the quarterback play to not see a couple of losses along the way. It's either J.J. McCarthy or Cade McNamara. We'll see. I do love uh, Blake Corman. I like Donovan Edwards. I really like what they have in their backfield offensively, but Hutchinson, you know, what they lost up front. We'll see how it comes together. They're not going to be as good as Ohio State. Know that for sure. Who has an over-under win total? Of 11. Now, I've seen some places have the Buckeyes with a hook, 11 and a half, which is almost unfair. But they will be a favorite in every single game they play. Some have even projected Josh as much as a double-digit favorite in every single game that they play. They open up with a doozy. You get Notre Dame coming to Columbus. 
which are the type of matchups that we absolutely positively have uh, we've yearned for in college football. Notre Dame, they've got games at home against Wisconsin. They get Iowa at home. They get Indiana, and they get Michigan at home this year. They're going to be a favorite in every game, maybe double-digit favorite in every game. C.J. Stroud, Heisman Trophy candidate Josh, over under 11 for Ohio State. Over. I think they're going undefeated. They've got the arguably the best quarterback in America in C.J. Stroud. Travion Henderson's one of the most talented running backs. It's not just Jackson Smith in Jigba, though. He's a terrific wide receiver to start with. They've got other weapons beyond that. It's the best team in the Big Ten. I don't think it's very close between Ohio State and the next best in the Big Ten. And, oh, by the way, they're ticked off based on the fact they finally lost to Michigan last season. There you go. There you go. There's our Big Ten preview. lot of unders. lot of unders. But in the same vein, it's a conference that has a lot of low win totals and and a lot of teams that maybe are less than impressive heading into this season. We shall see. Quick break. Plank Show wraps up Hour 2. Dan Soder coming up at 11 a.m. right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Are you going to go to any Iowa games this year? Have you decided? I'd like to, man, but... You know, they've sold out their whole home schedule. Really? Which is, the I think, the first time they've done that since 2011. And, you know, obviously I could get a media pass or whatever. But, you know, it's challenging for me because I have high school. Oh, that's right. Know, Which starts next week. That's right, baby. Booyah. We, uh, we get started next Tuesday. But uh, So that makes it a little bit of a challenge. I'm trying to figure out. I would like to at least go to one, yes. We have to figure something out. I wouldn't mind going to an Iowa game either. We know some people up there. We yeah, I think that's going to be a little more challenging for yourself. Yeah, in fact, because now I'm at that age where I'll have friends and family that look at the bye week, and then they'll schedule things on the bye week. For Let me give you for instance here real quick. My niece is getting married, and they schedule the wedding on our bye week. So I'm like, okay, great, I can go. They're having the wedding at 4 o'clock on a Sunday during football season. Who does that? I can't go. Well, we did it on the bye week around football. Yeah, and you put it on a Sunday. Who does that? One of my buddies got married last year on a Sunday during football season. Do you know uh, what game was being played that Sunday? Wasn't it, wasn't it uh, Oakland, Oakland, or Vegas, Kansas City? It was, yeah. yeah. Chiefs Raiders. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look at the schedule, people. We wait and wait and wait for football season. And then it's like, hey, Sunday, right into that primetime slot on Sunday Night Football, we're having a wedding. And we put it on the bye week around OU, so you have to go. Ugh. A <laughs> um, couple of quick air comfort solutions text. Jesse writes, vice equals dark side of the ring. That's right. Vice Network has dark side of the ring. From the 405. Plank using the word microdosed, let me know he's an LSD head from way back. No, no, no. I've never done LSD. I would tell you guys if I did. But I think on that show, they talk about it so much. I don't know what it is. I had to Google it. So if, like, one of my bosses happened to go through my Google search history, they'll, found, they'll find out two things. Number one, how little I know about geography. 
and how little I actually know about drug terms because I had to Google up <laughs> microdosing. What is microdosing? Like, can you tell me about the difference between a, a quarter bag and a dime bag? <laughs> I know I had to Google it up just because I thought I knew what it was, but I just wanted to be clear. Uh, Drew, my man Drew England checked in. Plank, give us your prediction on the Raiders. What's their record this year? Do they make the playoffs? Well, they've got two built-in losses. They're going to lose to the Chiefs twice. Um, I don't know. I, I would like to see a double-digit win season again. Though 10-7 and seven probably isn't going to cut it with the investment they've made. So if they can get better, 11-6, lose a road game to the Chargers, Lose a road game, maybe. Even though the, the, that's not a road game when they go play the Chargers, it's a home game. There's well, more you Raiders also fans there. Open with that one too. So oh, they do, don't they? Yeah, it's a nice time to get it. You know, instead of later in the year. How about this? My mind tells me to be smart and just root for a, a, a winning record. My stupid heart is like twelve and five, thirteen and four. So don't listen to either one of those. Burley Boomer writes, will we get any video nuggets from OU Fall Camp, or do you think that's pretty much locked down? Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. No, it's not. I mean, it's locked down, but you'll get nuggets. You'll get stuff. Stuff. You'll get things. There'll be videos out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Archibald, the digital crew, Erica's life, they're all over it, man. So you're going to get tons of good stuff at OU underscore football and, of course, Tyler will be lurking and ready to share it at KREF Sports as soon as it pops up. All right, top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino coming up. But Dan Dan Castle, Dan Soder is in town this week at the Bricktown Comedy Club. We'll talk to one of my favorite comedians and radio hosts on the planet coming up next with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Keep the Air Comfort Solutions texts coming. Did I say that quick enough? Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 Three four three nine. That's four zero five six five one three four three nine. And the show is always rolling on Twitter at Josh on Ref at Plank Show. This is the home of Sooner fans.